you're now tuned into another episode of The Underground. Each week, we dive into what it means to create, nurture, and live in communities everywhere. This is The Underground with Ryan Moore and Justin Lon Carrick. Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Underground Podcast. My name is Justin, and I am literally sitting here with Ryan. What's up, bud? <laughs> we are in the same room. We are back at the pond. I'm looking at you. We're looking at each other. Not face through to a face. camera. <laughs> this is so much fun. If I talk over you, yep. it's just all in one feed, and we don't get that weird electrical sound. Weird, and there's no hitching and bubbling and stupid internet issues. And I it, can like reach out to you, and I can point at you and yes, be a hand talker. Don't touch talker. me. Don't touch me. Now we're not at that stage yet. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. No, it's so great to be back. And we actually took a couple weeks off as well. We'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. And gosh, we're back at the pond. And guess what? Well, I'll let Ryan say it. But like, hey, listen, we've got a special guest that happens to be behind us. Yeah, well, he's not. Yeah, behind us, behind us. Well, if you haven't, you well, no one's been in the pond, but we did a big renovation. So the underground headquarters HQ that we were using pre-COVID times, or I guess during COVID, but pre-lockdown has been moved. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So now we are closer to the ice surface. And, so we can uh, actually see the ice from here now. Yeah. Justin's watching intently because there's a couple high profiles on the ice yeah. right now. But uh, anyways, yeah, we're going to have a, we're going to have a guest. I'll, I'll see, he's on the ice right now. He's training right now. I won't, I won't say his name yet, but uh, you, you, well, if you're listening to this, it's probably in the title card. Of the, <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest. So I guess we could say his name then. Yeah. Well, Hey, listen, let's, uh, let's let it ride for now. And we'll talk, we'll talk to him in a minute, but in the meantime, what have you been up to? You've been working hard here. Yeah. Yeah. I've been working hard. I actually literally Justin, right before we hopped on, I just told you, Two of my players just got named to the under-18 Team Canada camp. Excellent. Which is amazing. It's Sam Alfano and Ty Nelson. So we're, we're over the moon for them. That, that means now they've been in training and they're high performance, so they are allowed to train through, these, through this lockdown. Yeah, so that means we're going to be stepping into high gear soon because they got to go represent Canada. And it just adds to the legacy of the pond, quite frankly. You're just well, adding to that legacy to grow that, uh, grow I'm that here legacy. For, I'm here for the kids, Justin. You're here for the kids. <laughs> Excellent. You're here for the free hockey tickets, I feel like. <laughs> hey, well, we'll, maybe, I'm gonna, we'll, we'll, grill my, we'll grill our guest later and see what kind of cities we can get to next year. <laughs> yeah, well, so I've been having some fun. So we, I, we talked about this before on one of our previous podcasts and we can just give you the story now i took my kids to algonquin park yeah and this was a a couple of months in the making we were kind of planning it a few months out i was getting hella crapped on by my dad and even my wife a little bit about safety and all kinds of things relating to that because my dad was immensely worried that we were gonna, all just gonna die or get mauled by bears was he a camper growing up? Uh, he says he was. So if he listens to this podcast, Dad, I appreciate that you think you're a camper. But when the story he told me about the last time he went camping was in like 1970 something. Like, so it's like <laughs> it was a long time ago. No cell service back then. No, there wasn't. Yeah. So not even any real GPS style service. In fact, in order to appease my wife, I actually went out and purchased a, a small GPS device because oh. obviously your phone, even though you have a phone, it still doesn't work really properly out there. 
And so the GPS device has an SOS system on it and, you know, you get all that stuff. So I was very safe, put it that way. So this was Algonquin. Algonquin Park, lots, lots of people. How deep did you get in? So um, we had planned for four days, three nights. And the idea was to do a specific route. And for those of you that know Algonquin, it would be, would have been from Canoe Lake. We picked up our canoe at the Portage store at the south end of Canoe Lake. North up to Joe Lakes, through the Joe Lakes. There's like Joe and then Baby Joe and Little Joe or whatever. And then into, we would have camped the first night in Burnt Island Lake. And night two would have been up through the Otter Slide up to uh, Big Trout. And that would have been a, an awesome little spot. And then night three would have been across through the, the the marshes and things over to McIntosh Lake. And then the last day back home to Canoe Lake and home. But <laughs> was it clear sailing? <laughs> well, actually, so the, one of the big concerns I had was weather. Obviously, leading into it last week was quite, <laughs> quite rainy yeah. in general. Just for all of us, we've had a lot of rain in the last two weeks, I guess. And so I was concerned a little bit about the weather. But I think what I was taking solace in was the fact that because of the direction of our travel, initially north and then northeast a little bit and then up and around and then back southwest, or sorry, southeast, I was watching the wind direction and the and the that was my main concern, how much wind and what direction was it coming from. So when we left on the first day, it was completely behind our back from the south because of these storms coming through and it pushed us. And yeah. what I budgeted for five and a half hour paddle portage took us four. So we cut an hour and a half off. So it was great because it was, <laughs> we were just yeah. flying along. So we, yeah, we packed up everything. We got in the canoes at Portage, at the Portage store, and we hauled ass up through there. And they were loving it. They were loving the canoe. They, they didn't mind the, the, the backpacking through the uh, Portages. I, I felt bad because I actually, you know, this was my first time doing it this way. I've done a bunch of races where I, you know, you pack super light. You're not staying overnight. You don't have tents. You just go overnight. You just go. And this was the first time I had tents and packing and, you know, stoves and stuff like that. So we ended up, I think, overpacking. My wife was concerned and made us pack hoodies and things. And I'm like, you know, we just need light. I, you know, I, di- I just didn't really take enough of that into account. And so I feel bad for putting that stuff on my kids back. But they were troopers and they they hiked it up. and nah, they're and fine. They did it. Yeah, they were great. And we got to, we, by the time we got to camp, they were tired, but here's where it all kind of went south. Uh-oh. <laughs> it, it's my oldest son, Roman. And, you know, the thing is, is not everything is for everybody. Not everybody's going to be a hockey player. Not everybody's going to play baseball. Not everybody's going to do math well. Not everybody's going to do English well. It is what it is. I do everything well. <laughs> You're just the master of all. Yeah. <laughs> he has a, a pretty big anxiety around bugs. And part of this trip for me was to help him just push through it, right? But as a father and a parent, once we got to camp, it started to get to a point where I was feeling really horrible about having him go through that. Because literally, like, we had a beautiful campsite. If you if you saw my Instagram in the last couple of days, you would have seen my uh, stories. And we had, we had all kinds of amenities at the campsite. There was There was benches that had been there for years that people had made over the years and all kinds of stuff. And he would not sit down. There's one video of him sitting where I made him sit down and I, and I turned the video on and I saw him while I was cooking the burgers and he sat there for about three minutes and then he got up and walked around and he would, he walked around constantly. The only thing that got him standing in one place 
was the fishing rod where he stood on the rock on the end of the rock and just threw the threw the yeah. fishing rod into the water or the, the lure into the water. And it's because he didn't want bugs to crawl up on him. He, he just didn't want to stand still long enough for bugs to crawl up on him. Yeah. We, he was really freaking out about keeping the tent closed, which again, we should anyway. Yeah. You don't want a million mosquitoes in your tent no. at night. But he was really badly scared from the bugs. And so... It, be, it was becoming traumatizing for him, and I didn't. I just couldn't put him through that for two full nights. Ethan, you know, I think he would have been fine if we'd have just said, like, if I'd have said to them, listen, the only way back is this way, yeah. and we kept going, I don't think we would have had a huge issue with Ethan, but I just, this bug thing, and with Roman, it, I feel like I would have been traumatizing that kid more. Yeah, it, you, you, my philosophy on those type of phobias and everything the, the, the reason people are afraid of something is because they don't understand it and it's it's just like that that fear of it is i don't understand how it's going to crawl up me i don't mm-hmm. understand what this bug's going to do i can't predict what it's going to do so my thing is is do it again like take them again get them more comfortable just like yeah. he's going to eventually realize dude the bugs aren't going to hurt you mm. and and it's going to be fine i know i have friends that have the same phobia mm. and honestly it's, it's something i would like I'm, I'm no therapist or anything, but but try to work on that with him because mm. I see my friends when they come up to the cottage and stuff in the in, in the summer, mm. and they don't enjoy it. And mm. we're all having a great time, and we're out by the campfire, and they're not enjoying it because they're freaking out. Because yeah, they're bugs. flipping their hands around. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and then everyone starts ribbing them and making <laughs> yeah, fun yeah. of them and yeah. stuff like that. And so it's just one of those things where I think it's the comfort level. You just yeah. got to get comfortable with the fact that. They're not going to hurt you. And even if they do bite you, like... Yeah, it is what it is. Well, I had four bites. Funnily enough, they're the ones that were scared of the bugs the most. And I had four bites on my left hand. And that was the only... Mm -hmm. Those were the only bites from black flies or any kind of thing that we got bit. So... I was was the kid. I had no fear of bugs. I was digging in gardens. Do mosquitoes go for you? You know how some people mosquitoes go for, some people don't? So they don't... No. uh, They don't go for me often. It yeah. depends if it's a, if it's a thick situation, yeah, I'll get, I'll get, <laughs> well, I'll most get people eaten. will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if we're sitting by the fire, I'm not a person that I don't normally, maybe I just don't notice. I don't know. Yeah. The, uh, my wife is the person that gets hammered by mosquitoes. She's and the she, magnet. Yeah. She's the magnet. Generally I'm not. So it works out well for me. <laughs> well, so Justin, I don't, this is not good for me and you. But the reason I hear that you don't get attacked by mosquitoes oh. is that you have a larger body mass index. Oh, well. Because the, the skinnier you are, the closer to the blood veins you are, and those mosquitoes can sense that. And So you're saying we're fat. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, if you're not getting bit by mosquitoes, time to hit the gym. There you go. So we packed it in after the first night, and we just head, headed back. Now, you know, for two kids that are... 12 and almost 14 that have never done it before. And, you know, we went out and did it. We did over nine hours of paddling. We did nine portages. We did a whole night out there, you know, roughing it. And actually they, Ethan got up in the morning and said, that was the best sleep ever. Mm-hmm. So he had a great sleep, right? Yeah. He was gassed, but yeah, cause he was gassed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyone sleep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we got back to the portage store. They got a little restaurant in there and I murdered two pieces of fish and a fish and chip meal. I was going to say, what did you eat? What did you eat while you were up there? So uh, this is where it went wrong a little bit. We packed uh, a couple of fresh items. Like, well, the fresh items themselves weren't wrong. I mean, we packed frozen uh, burgers with which I threw on the, on a grill and they were great. They were great. That was night one. And we knew that after that we wouldn't have any fresh food because 
you can't unless we were going to carry a a proper cooler which would have been way too yeah, heavy to carry around crazy. it was stupid so but um we overpacked in we brought like a, a couple of apples and pears and things and okay. those were too heavy for us like yeah. i ended up throwing some of that stuff in the fire because i'm like it's just too heavy to carry back at this point yeah. we we had dry food for the rest of the trip after that anyway and i was the only one eating the nuts and i brought enough nuts for probably like three weeks for me to all eat. the nuts eh? oh yeah. So, yeah. So it was like, it, it was good the first night because they got to have that, that nice meal of like burger, proper burgers. And I actually went to, uh, don't tell anyone. I went to farm boy and stole, they have like uh, packets of like ketchup and relish and mustard. So I, I went and like grabbed a few extra of those before I left. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Actually. Yeah. yeah you so, just... so that was our, that was our meal the first night. And yeah, I mean, breakfast was, was just basically, we had peanut butter and jam sandwiches. Like I had peanut butter and I just made jam sandwiches and that was it. And so we took off and we boiled water. That was perfect. That w- that worked out perfectly and excellent. I'm surprised I've never used one of those camp stoves before. Yeah. Just the little tiny ones and they, they're they excellent. Yeah. They're really good at boiling water. Yeah. So there's a lot we learned about that. And I, there's like, I could, I'll be able to dial that in as we go forward. If we do it again, when we do it again, I guess. Yeah. Are you, are you, yeah. That's my, that was what I was going to ask. Are you like, you think you'll oh, do yeah. this again? Oh yeah. I want to do it again from the standpoint of, I th- I'm hoping that as Roman gets older, he'll become more comfortable and realize that bugs aren't as much of a problem. And Ethan, like his thing was, I didn't like the bugs and I didn't like getting dirty. And I'm like, shut up. You're the dirtiest kid <laughs> on the planet. Like if I don't remind you to shower, you're not showering. Well, so- you, and you know what the interesting part is the second time now you're going to see that they're, they're going to feel like they're veterans, right? Like yeah. they're going to be well, like, I've done this, been there, done that. Yep. Like, okay. Yeah. I know how to put the canoe in the water now. I know mm-hmm. how to take it out of the water. I know mm-hmm. that we're going to put a campfire. We're going to put a grill over this campfire. We're going to boil our water. Yep. Ethan was most scared of the, and he didn't say anything leading up to it. He was most scared of the canoe. He, he really? but he said nothing to us. Like I had no idea. Were you good? Good boys. Were you wearing life jackets? Life jackets the whole way. I'm not going any other way. I refuse to, because you know what? It all it takes is one silly moment and something happens yeah. and someone falls in. Right. Well, there was one, there was an incident. Up 2017. There. Yeah. Yep. And that case court case is going on literally as we speak. But yeah, that was what my dad tried to hit me in the face with. He's like, you know, a, a teacher took his kids up there, took the kids up there, and one of the kids died. Well, it turns out, you know, the teacher was negligent in testing the kids for swimming and allowing them to swim. And then this kid went off. Like, he saw the kid there, wasn't really paying attention. The kid came out of the water, went around to another point by himself, and hopped in the water over there by himself. Yeah. And never they never saw him again. My, my thing with that issue is... The issue, the, the, the circumstances that led up to the death yeah, would have happened on any body of water anywhere. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. But that's the thing is it was flat out net. That could have been prevented. Yeah. Right. Whereas, you know, what, the way I was doing things, I took the GPS just yeah. in case we had the SOS. We made sure we wore life jackets the entire time we were near the water. It's your children. They're my children, right? And I'm going <laughs> to totally invested in it. Yeah. You know, we, we hung our food 75, 80 feet away from our campsite. Did you see any wildlife? We saw lots of bunnies and we saw lots of uh, seagulls of all things. No bears? No bears. No, I was kind of disappointing. I was hoping to see something big, you yeah. know, but nothing really. I mean, hey, I mean, it's it was actually a really busy time. 
Yeah. I think so. What, yeah. Then lots of noise. Well, either lots of noise. So I was wondering about that. I was either thinking it's going to be lots of noise and they'll stay away or there'll be lots of food and they'll come to Draw us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, it didn't really see much. One night, my family has cottages up in Bancroft area. So mm-hmm. that would be east of Algonquin. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I was in the cottage and I was in the addition room that, so they made a bedroom and it was just an addition room. It was like just 15 feet by 15 feet, but it's kind of, it was kind of weird because it's just like a little wing off yeah, the yeah. side of the house yeah. and it was turned into a bedroom mm-hmm. and three in the morning. I don't know what time it was. I, this was, Doug was a puppy and all I hear is like these grunting sounds outside three, like, and, and my dog is going nuts. He was a puppy at the time. I had him in a crate and he was going nuts I go and I look out the window and literally five feet from me, just this massive black bear. Oh yeah. It was just walking around the cottage Wow! and I like freaked out a little bit. And then I was like, wait, so I'm inside. I'm okay. I think we're going to be okay. And then I just yeah. kind of watched it for a little bit. And, yeah. and that, that's the closest, that's the closest other than on the zoo. That's the You've closest been I've been to a bear. I've been to the dump and been like a you, football field you away. You can see them way over there. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like this one was literally five feet on the other side of a window from me. Oh. And like friggin' things huge. Did I ever tell you my bear story? No. At, at Whistler? I never told you that story? Before? Maybe. Maybe I didn't listen. The bear was running down the hill? No? No. So the way Whistler set up for staff, because I worked in Whistler for a year. And the way Whistler's set up for staff is there's a staff housing up on kind of, I guess they called it base one or base two or something. I can't remember exactly the names. So it was a whole series of like four story apartments basically. And so you'd, you'd live up there and pretty much you either cab it up there or you walk. And during the day, you could take the little gondola up there if you wanted to. But at nighttime, of course, when you've been drinking and you (laughs) let's go for an adventure. Yeah. You're not, you're not, you know, and, and, Working there, you don't want to spend the money on a cab, to be honest. Yeah. And the cabs take forever to get home there because there's just so much congestion, uh, It's which is weird for Whistler, but it's true. And so we would walk up the ski hill up to, the camp, up to where the apartments are. Mm-hmm. So one night, I'm walking home alone. It's not very scary. It's like, it, you know, especially at night when there's a lot of snow, there's a lot of brightness off the snow, so you can see, especially on a clear night. Yeah. So I'm walking up this little ski hill up to where the where the, the staff housing is, and I'm hearing a bit of a commotion up there, and I'm like, "What is going on?" So I keep walking and walking, and at this point, the ski hill kind of drops off on both sides because yeah. there's a little river and it goes. There's like a, a bridge over this river, so I'm just walking past there. Ski hill's dropping off on the on the right side, and I'm up against the right side, and as I look up, I see that there's. We're kind of at the end of the ski hill or at the edge of the staff place, there's the garbages, like the big green oh, bins. Oh, no, yeah. So there's a whole bunch of people surrounding it making all this noise. And then all of a sudden, I hear pop, 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 pop. And they, what they've done is they've thrown these little mini charges at yeah. them to make noise. Yeah. And these freaking bears come plowing down the hill straight at me. Towards you. <laughs> like full clip right at me. And I'm standing there half in the bag. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I dive off the side of the trail and into the snow on the side of the trail, which is like six feet deep. Like I sunk (laughs) in and I just lied there and I heard. Yeah. And I was like, what the scared the bejesus out of me. That's the closest I've ever come to bears. Oh yeah. That's, that's (laughs) closer than me because that was like no barrier. No barrier. (laughs) 
<laughs> but yeah, no, that's in, that's pretty crazy. Like that's, yeah. I, I, I've seen these charges before yeah. at the dumps and stuff. I've yeah. seen them use it when the bears yeah. start walking towards where the cars are, they have yeah. them there and they just toss them yeah. and off they go. But that's. The funny thing is, is, is your logic was hilarious. I'm just going to go dive off the side of the street. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. Like, these what bears that smell things from a mile away know. doesn't know you're there. I know. Well, like, it was probably in fight or flight mode, you know. Yeah, and it, it was, was just it was just booking it out of there. That's right. One time I did see a bear up north again. This was in Halliburton. I don't know if I ever told you, but my uncle, Dan Pliziani, used mm. to own a hockey camp. Yeah. Up, it was a sleepaway camp up, mm-hmm. up north. He had bought campgrounds and everything mm-hmm. it was a legit camp like summer cool. camp but for hockey players and there was a bear one time there and it was far away and stuff but we we saw it it was on the campgrounds and it was like a forest but the the canopy of the forest was up higher mm-hmm. so it was just like trees and it was dark it, it was light out at the time but the the forest the area shade. was dark in the shade yeah. with the canopy and it was just all ground fall and stuff and my uncle had a cap gun for bears and shot the cap gun to get the bear to leave mm-hmm. And this thing took off through the de- the the deadfall, and like there were some logs that were like Smash. probably six inches thick, and this bear just plowed <laughs> straight through them. All you hear is crack, 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 and this bear's just going straight through legitimate logs, mm. not not branches, logs, just snapping them. Mm. And I'm like, that's why you don't mess with bears. That thing's powerful as shit. Well, they're huge. Yeah, they're yeah. huge. That's crazy. Yeah, that's why, I mean, we were super careful. That's, you know, coming full circle. We were super careful with our food, with everything. We were, everything we did was was knowing it was the first time. I went out there expecting an opportunity where we had to turn around or something. Like, I wasn't going to force anything to put ourselves in danger. And that was one of the things, was making sure we were bear-proofed. Because yeah. I wasn't going to have one of my kids mauled by a bear one night. You know, yeah. like, we're not bringing food in this tent, folks. I know we like to snack at night, you know, and we actually did bring, I brought a little like iPad type thing, yeah, Android version, whatever, Samsung tablet. And we put a couple movies on it. Let the boys watch John Wick. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> oh, Roman can. Yeah. Yeah. No, they both did. And it was like, you know, they loved it. That's so, an awesome movie. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I told you my lethal weapon story. No. Yeah. I, I had to have when I like when this movie theater, I remember at the end of the street here at Harrington oh, Court, the this old is school, when your dad brought you into the movie theater. After, I wanted yeah. to go see Toy Story. Yeah, that's and right. Toy Story was brand new and it was out and we're like, dad, let's go see Toy yeah. Story. I was like six or seven years old. And I'm like, I want to go see Toy Story. It was like this brand new animated movie, revolutionary, yeah. all these things. We show up at the theater and Lethal Weapon 4 had come out and my dad convinced me to go see Lethal Weapon 4 with him instead. <laughs> Seven-year-old Ryan. That's excellent. I love that. That's so good. It was at the movie theater right here at the end of the street. Remember that old, the old Encore Cinema yes, or whatever yes, yes, it was yes, called? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rainbow yeah. Cinemas or something like that. Those were the cheap ones, weren't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah they it was were. like three bucks for a movie. Remember when it was two dollar Tuesday? Toonie Tuesday. That was awesome. I used to love Toonie Tuesday for movies. Living in Toronto, my apartment building where I lived on Wood Street, which is right off Young, Young and Dundas, right beside Maple Leaf Gardens. I was right on the corner of the village, actually. Mm-hmm. But our basement had uh, cinema in it. Just oh. a just a tiny cinema. Hmm. Like each theater didn't have more than a hundred seats. There were six theaters, but they didn't have more than a hundred seats, and the screen was probably one hundred and fifty inches. Mm-hmm. Like nothing, nothing huge, nothing huge, but all the A-list releases. Mm-hmm. So for go see a movie, brand new premiere for us in university, we would literally just take the elevator down to our basement. We would walk out into a cinema because it was amazing. the one level was just the mezzanine level. Yeah. And you walk out and then our amenities there and there was just one door into the cinema. So we just were able to just walk straight into the cinema. Was it free? 
No, no, oh. no. So you walk in, oh, you go I buy see. your ticket. I see, I see. But I it was like, like, so you walk in off the street into the cinema and to the left would be the door where our mezzanine was mm-hmm. because that area of Toronto is actually pretty inclined. Mm-hmm. So our entrance to our building was on the backside on Wood Street and the entrance to the cinema was on Carlton. Mm-hmm. And so... But our entrance was one story up, right from where the entrance to the movie. But because the was. buildings were connected, you could yes. go down and right into. And there the were two theater. towers: one right. on Wood Street and one on Carlton. Right. And in the middle was, was the like theater. four stories of amenities, mm-hmm. and one of the amenities was a theater. That's cool. And it was awesome. We never like middle of winter, January. You don't have to go outside. You just go that right is down wicked into the theater. That is wicked. Like there was a convenience store in there and everything. Oh, like, that's perfect. Yeah. Like, you're sneaking your food in, the whole works. <laughs> but I mean, Toronto's like that. If you live on the path in Toronto, like yeah. I was, I was one half block from the path. I literally could, I walked outside for 20, 20 seconds and I was right down into the subway system. And then the subway took me to the path um, at Carleton and uh, Young, at College yep. and Young, yep. College Station there. Yep. But that path was awesome. In the middle of winter, I barely yeah. wore a jacket walking to Ryerson University. My wife worked in the BMO building down okay. there for many years yeah. when she first got to Canada. And I, when I would go out and meet her for lunch, she'd come outside like... That's the big black one, everyone, if you're wondering on the Toronto is skyline. Is it or is it white? It's white with black windows. That's right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. And so he, he, she would come outside like, you know, when you kind of like you're scared of the light because she'd been inside <laughs> yeah. all day. Yeah. And, and she, we would often joke that because she would go in on the GO train... Just go down yeah. to the path, yeah. straight over to the building, up into the building, and never go outside. Yeah. <laughs> so they've extended it now. I think you can go all the way up to like Bloor Street now mm. on wow. the path. Like wow. you walk into Union. Wow. Like University Street's pretty big too. Like you just yeah. go straight up, and it's. Speaking of Toronto, I've got kind of a bad news, good news story to tell you as well. Uh oh. Yeah. Well, it's it's it has a good ending, and we'll have to like we'll maybe update as we go because I don't know what's going on. I went to Toronto on Monday to meet one of my real estate coaches. And we went for dinner with her and her husband. And as we were walking down towards the restaurant, this is after July 4th and everything like that. And I guess people still had fireworks. In fact, I heard it was kids that that lit off these fireworks. So we heard pop, 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 you know, the loud noise on Queen Street by kind of over by Carlock, kind of that area, Mm -hmm. way further east than where you're talking just there. And so... We hear the noise. I jokingly say to them, what kind of neighborhood did you bring me to? Like, you know, like, with a, <laughs> you know, whatever. Cause I'm a little Burlington boy. Like, you know, yeah. it's practically the country for Toronto. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, they laugh. And then within like 10 seconds, this black lab comes flying down the sidewalk. Like literally, I don't know that I've speaking about your bear story about pounding through, <laughs> through trees and stuff. Yes. I don't know that I've seen a dog run that fast and was like dodging people like oh, wow. unreal. Like I've yeah. never seen before. And we, all three of us went, whoa, cause yeah. I, you know, it was crazy and it had a leash on still. Poor so dog. clearly, you know, spooked by the fireworks, poor, poor dog, poor dog, total horrible story. And the, and then this woman running down the street after it, stop that dog. And so we're yelling, stop the dog. Right. So Eve, who's my coach's husband chases, cause he's got like proper shoes on. I was wearing sandals, like flip flops and Jess was wearing flip flops or sandals or something. So we're kind of like waddling along. He's running after it as well. He chases it around and he eventually basically calls us and says, listen, you guys go grab a table. We'll get this dog back and I'll come and meet you. Uh-huh. So we went and sat down. Hour and a half later, something like that, still haven't found the dog. And if you know where Queen and Carla is, which is mm-hmm. quite a bit for, like quite a bit north, this dog, they were looking at this point, having hopped into Eve's car at in Canary. Do you know where that is? I don't know if you know where that is, but it's basically east of the go station of the union station 
like at Union Station level, like so right at the Gardner Expressway. So we're talking several kilometers down south. Okay. From where we started. Holy cow. Like it went a long way and they it was up in the train and yards. And it's crossing traffic. And train yards. Wow. So they had spotted it in the train yards. Like they called out and it came out. So, you know, I went, we went down, we drove down and we started walking around in the dark and we're walking through these it's weird a black lab, a black lab in the complete darkness. And I'm walking through these areas. We walk by, you know, the little river there beside, beside the Don Valley Parkway. I have no idea any of the names of these things. I'm sorry. Um, the Don, Don, is the Don river. river. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> Stupid. Anyway. So we're, I'm walking down there and we're walking around and we finally all meet back at the end. And I'm like, it's almost 11 o'clock pretty much at this point. And I'm like, I got to go guys. Like, I think we should pack it in for the night. I don't think you're going to see the dog, whatever. Eve, her, the, my coach's husband says to me, she, he goes, uh, did you guys walk down that way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see Murder Beach? And I'm like, Murder Beach? Murder. He's like, yeah, this is kind of a shady area. I'm like, why did you send us over there? <laughs> like, what the hell? It's dark. We're yeah. alone. It's yeah. like, what the hell? Anyway, I'm very feeble and meek, even though I'm a big guy. But anyway, so didn't find the dog that night. It's that was Monday night, literally Monday the fifth, I guess it or mm. the fifth of July is Monday, whatever, whatever the Monday is after the fourth of July. Yeah, that was the fifth. The yeah. fourth was on Sunday. Just because this recording won't be out on the day that we're talking, but basically today is Thursday, mm-hmm. and I just got notification that they found the dog today. Good. So you know, good news story after all that because we were freaking out. Any it was, any like like what weight it's at or anything? I was literally have no details. I'm just looking at my phone just to see. Like it obviously found water. Well, maybe I don't not know. All water, I have but. is a note from my wife saying they found the dog because we've been following him all day, like all week, trying to figure out on socials. I was trying to get some people with a drone down there to see if they could fly around. There's so much been going on. There's there was people up in the towers and the in the apartment buildings yeah. looking down. There was all kinds of stuff going on. I'm good. He was found. Yeah, um, I I find it like so. I I lived in Toronto for four years, and I know that East End. There's very nice pockets, but then there are pockets oh. that you don't want to go walking through at night. This is what we were told. He, uh, Eve said, he goes, you know, this is kind of like, you know, um, Hell's Angels area. And I'm like, uh. excellent. Thank you for sending me down into the dark area with the giant field and the murder beach. Well, <laughs> my when I was first looking for my, I, I, that Wood Street apartment that I was talking about, I lived in for three years. My first year, I lived in City Place. So after my first year at City Place, I was looking for rental uh, spaces. And there was a guy that was just subletting a basement apartment, uh, one one bedroom apartment in his basement it was in Cabbage Town area. Mm. And when he went there, he and when I went there, he said, full disclosure, I have to disclose after about 10 p.m., it's not... Not so fun good. to walk home. So if you have to come home late, this might not be the place for you. And he was like, and he was telling me, he's like, also probably once or twice a week, there will be police with flashlights walking through the yard. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yeah, well, next one, please. I'll just move on now. What's the scariest city you've ever been to? Like actually at scariest city or situation you've ever been to in a city wherever. Okay. Well, it's not, it's probably in the U S. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent in the U S the first one that comes to mind and it's not a scary city, but it, it, it is, I've heard that there are, and that we were in the bad area and it was Pittsburgh. Mm. Uh, we went, we were directed to the Primanti brothers, the original yes. Primanti brothers. I know exactly what you're talking about. And yep. from our hotel, we had no clue. We were 20 something like young twenties and little bit juiced up and got directions to the original Permanti brothers. There's one that's in a tourist location in the market square. And then the original one 
is not. Mm, <laughs> and yes. we were walking to this place and we turned down a street and we were just, we had, you know, we had some travelers with us, some road beers. <laughs> so we were feeling good, not really paying attention, just following the instructions. Not really, we we're just joking around with each other, not really looking or paying attention to our surroundings. All of a sudden we start paying attention to our mm. surroundings and it's just people staring at us. <laughs> And you stand out like a sore thumb. Yeah, yeah. A bunch of Canadian guys, loud, drunk, like mm-hmm. walking through like, Oh, we're going from anti brothers. <laughs> and so we, it's we, sandwiches, right? That's yeah. Fermenti, yeah, it's, yeah. It's sandwiches with coleslaw and fries yeah. on it. Yeah. But we, we walked by a strip club at one point and we had no, no intention of going in. It's like, I mean, 20 something year olds, you know, maybe we did, but we, 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 we honestly, we were, we were going to Primanti brothers. That was our mission for the night. And the guys out front, he was trying to get us in so badly. The promoter out front, the bouncer (laughs) guy. guy. (laughs) And like, this is the sketchiest area. And it did not look like, not that strip clubs ever look up and up, but Mm -hmm. this one looked especially sketchy. Mm -hmm. And this guy is, is sitting there and he's, he's yelling at us and he's going, Hey, our girls don't have anything. Our girls are clean. And we're like, oh yeah, that, that really makes me want to come in now. That you have to disclose that. Like, really, really, really want in now, guys. Gross. Like, but that's that's one situation I'm I'm thinking of. Philadelphia, mm-hmm. that one. There were, we we went into a bad neighborhood once by accident. It was my best friend's bachelor party. Right. And we were up to no good at around one in the morning. Up to no good in and the neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> got in one little one fight. One little fight. My mom got scared. <laughs> yeah, no, but we were walking through downtown Philly. That's a city. Have you ever been there? I've never been to Philly. Actually, I have been to Philly, but so long ago that I don't remember any of it. It is such an old city that there's no parking whatsoever. The medians of downtown are filled with cars parked right. illegally with tickets on them and they just do it. And it's just like, because that's the my streets tax. are so tight and so tight. None of the homes have driveways ever right, because right. this was before they were built before the time of a car. Right. A <laughs> little bit like Boston. Boston's a little like, yeah. Philadelphia is older than Boston. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I've got two stories like that. So I went down to St. Louis once and the I, I've heard of I've the, heard yeah, so, so yeah. I was I don't remember what hotel I was in it was down for a like I was doing a training for a company I worked for many years ago and they sent me there so I was in this hotel and I was like dude I want to go for dinner where should I go and he goes whatever you do don't turn left out of the hotel and I'm like what, what do you mean don't turn left out of the hotel yeah. is it this like if you go one street over you will get either mugged you're in country beat up, or like murdered basically yeah. And I'm like, seriously? He goes, yeah. yeah. Like, flat out, just don't do it. Go that way and go there. So I was like, holy crap. Like, I've never been... I was worried about even just going that way because I just uh-huh. didn't want any of the offshoot or overlap coming over, you know. Yeah. So that was there was that. And then on our honeymoon is the only other one I can really think of where I was physically scared. Because I've been to a lot of cities, uh, but I've never really been in a scary situation. And I've never been, like, super drunk with a bunch of buds, like, roaming around a city not knowing where I am, which which clearly you have. So <laughs> the, one, the one caveat to that story is two of the friends that were with us were 6'5", like, 220. Oh, so, so yeah. So, yeah, there's a little so bit it, of a muscle little, there. Yeah, like, it, you do feel a little taller when you're walking next to them. Yeah. But the one thing I will say about St. Louis is I did just say, oh, yeah, I heard about St. Louis. Mm. I want to 
clarify what I mean by that. I've heard St. Louis is an absolutely amazing it's gorgeous. city. It's gorgeous, by the way. But it has an area that yeah. you just don't go. But I've heard the same about Chicago. Chicago's yeah. got the worst murder rate in the in the U.S., or yeah. one of the worst. And yet the city in and of itself, like the core of the city, is quite beautiful. Well, it's so, it's like Toronto. You know, if yeah. you're going up to the Jane and Finch area, yeah, you're, you're going to have to be careful. Yeah. Like, but if you're downtown under the CN Tower, you're like, going to be fine just like chicago if you're near the bean you're right probably yep. fine yeah exactly so we went to aruba for our honeymoon uh-huh, and yeah uh-huh, pretty mama. <laughs> it's a sing-along episode today and we met these people there who were on the flight with us from toronto so we we were like oh you're on the flight they were in the same hotel totally coincidentally we started hanging out with them and one night they were like and the husband was a cop and one night we're like let's go out for dinner but let's go off resort because resort food's good don't get me wrong but there's always that like local flair that you want to kind of try to get into so we asked the front desk and they were like there's a place called (sighs) i can't think of it now i had it and now it's gone i'll think of it anyway whatever this place was called go there get a cab and just go there so the four of us pile in this cab and we drive there and you know i think if you think of resorts you've heard stories of when you go off resorts some places are good some places are not depending on where you are when we get to the restaurant i kid you not it's at like the end of a t intersection and we come down this road and this t intersection and it's at the end and there's armed guards around the front of the the hotel or the restaurant excuse me with like machine guns yeah not like handguns on their hip like full-on like military machine gun looking things. Yeah. And of course the guy that is with us, the husband is a cop and he's just like going mental. Like he's like his, you know, cops, how they have, they're always yeah. like their spidey senses. Like, cause they've got this yeah. thing going on. Cause they're always trying to figure Analyzing, out. Yeah, yeah. Analyze it. scenario. He's checking. going mental. He's like, where are, what the hell is going on? And so we go in and honestly, dude, best meal, best steak I've ever had in my life on real food. Well, they protected you. Yeah. It was so good, but it was freaky to have to go you know, through that. The, I have experienced something like that, and it was I didn't feel unsafe one bit. And it was in New York City, and it was right after Trump got elected. I had made a trip to New York City for the civic holiday in August, and Trump Tower was just completely encircled with machine guns. Oh, right. Like people with machine guns and right. Secret Service everywhere, and you see people with suits and earpieces and regular like army Right. Like just sitting out there with machine guns. There was like a, what are they called? Those, those cats, the, the car, like the SWAT car. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Like a cat. I know what you mean. Um, yeah. yeah. The military right at the front door with like a machine gun mounted on the roof. (laughs) And it's like, okay. (laughs) Awesome. It's president. Well, that was before he was probably in office, but after he was elected, he was in office, but Melania was spending all her time at Trump tower. Right. So they were protecting her too. Yeah. Interesting. That's crazy. It was crazy to see. Like you could walk right up to him and talk to him. We went to Buffalo once, and the and the hockey arena was surrounded by armed guards. That was after something had happened down the states, and I can't remember what. Yeah, this was a few years ago now. But that wasn't. That didn't feel scary because I don't know why it didn't feel scary. Yeah, I'm not like they were military armed guards. Like you well, I mean, like New York City. When I was doing that trip, little pockets around New York City would have groups of five or six fully armed SWAT teams just standing on corners. Mm. And my my guess is that's to deter terrorism. Yeah. Like if you see those guys standing there ready. You're not going to. You're not going to. They're always ready. And they were just chilling, just standing there. But like Times Square, every corner had it. And it popped into my head. If you go to Aruba, even though there's armed guards, go to El Gaucho. 
El Gaucho. El Gaucho. That's the restaurant. That's the restaurant. It popped into my head just then. So I the one, didn't with, even the one with the guards. <laughs> the one with the armed guards. Well, listen, the guys are off the ice. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to take a quick break and uh, we'll transition into uh, our special guest any second now. So uh, thanks for listening for now and we'll be back in a second. Okay, guys, so we have a special guest today. Uh, he comes and trains with us here at the Burlington Pond. He was uh, Oakville Ranger growing up. He was captain of the London Knights. He won the Memorial Cup with the London Knights. He was drafted 10th overall to the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, he was a member of Team Canada at the World Juniors in Vancouver. He is Evan Bouchard. Evan, how you doing? Good, how are you? Evan, this is cool. This is really cool. We were just watching you out there, and now you're in here. Pretty cool. I'm like kind of like starstruck a little bit. Yeah, well, maybe uh, Evan can uh, let us know what he was uh, working on out there. Uh, some some edge work with Michelle and getting the skating a little resistance work. It was a good skate today. Cool. You're always working on stuff, though. I mean, we're talking right now. The Stanley Cup just happened, right? Mm-hmm. Like literally mm-hmm. last night. Last night. <laughs> Actually, it's probably later than it normally is right now, I assume. Yes, very much. Uh, but that being said, like you're gearing up for next year right now. Yeah, definitely. It never stops. No. You get a couple weeks off after the season. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah, well, because the season is starting on time next year, correct? That's the plan. Yeah, so when do you think you'll be leaving to go to... When do you, when do you like to show up to camp? Uh, definitely a good few weeks before. Uh, get your feet wet. I'll get a few skates out in Edmonton, get used to everything again. But I'd say definitely by, by the start of September, I'd like to be there. What's the... I guess the question I've been thinking about for a day or so since... Ryan mentioned you might come on, and we were very grateful, by the way. Thank you for taking your time. But I'm 12 years old, let's say. I'm not actually, but let's pretend I am. He acts like one. (laughs) I'm a big kid inside. You know, let's say I'm looking at you saying, hey, man, like, you're what I want to be. You're what I'm striving for, kind of getting to that NHL level and, and, and pushing that boundary of there. Is it everything it's cracked up to be? Um. Definitely, like what? Yeah. What is different, and what is what you thought it was going to be? Yeah, it definitely looks like it's uh, it's all that. But um, like you just mentioned, it's kind of nonstop work. Um, the the stuff that goes on behind the scenes is something that I don't think many people can understand unless you've been through it, been around it. Um, but definitely being on you know TV and everything like that, it lives up to the hype. You know, it's you know it's still pretty cool seeing yourself uh, out there and playing with the best in the world. It's uh, so in that sense, it uh, definitely lives up to the hype. Have you been recognized on the street yet? Uh, a little bit more so in Edmonton than uh, back home, which is, uh, is kind of nice. That's cool. Without being too forward with this, London is very much a hockey town. And it, they, in the OHL, they are perennial contenders year after year after year. And you were captain of the London Knights. What was that experience like going in, in the OHL? I played in the OHL myself, and I know that my experience was very different to your experience <laughs> in London. I was in Sarnia, and then I, when, when we would go and play London, it'd be, I'd be envious of what London players are afforded. What was that like playing in London? Uh, it was awesome. It was really a dream spot to be for, for a junior player. Um, from the, the coaching staff, management, it felt like a, a professional group. You were there with the Hunters. Yeah. I think they're still there, aren't they? Or? Yeah, they're still there. All of them, I think it's going to be, they'll be running it for a while now, and they think they're going to, run it for for many many more years but uh it was just very professional i think it got me ready for that next step um i think that's that's really helped me to be the person i am today what was it that made them say you're going to be our captain um 
Because no. he's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much word for word they, what they said. That's exactly. They wrote yeah. it in the contract. Yeah. You're awesome. <laughs> um, you toss sauce from the goal line to the red line. So <laughs> um, that was, uh, there was only a few of us uh, left from, from that Memorial Cup year. I think it was um, you know, after two and a half years at the deadline, we traded uh, a lot of players. So I was an alternate assistant before that. We traded everyone, uh, you know, captains or assistants that year. And then that's kind of how it uh, how it went down. What is your favorite road food? That's what I want to know. I don't know uh, it's kind of stupid, but I'm thinking like when you tra- <laughs> when I travel a lot when I'm working, mm-hmm. I have things that I like to go to when I'm eating. Mm. Um, I don't I don't know. I, I wouldn't say I had a go to. I'd say in, in junior was way too much pizza, so that's that's mm-hmm. kind of out of the out of the table. But I guess it really depends on you know where you go, where you're at, what they're kind of known for in a way so it kind of kind of changes up i don't really have a specific food to go for well and i guess you technically haven't done much nhl traveling yet Mm. because you got your first year that you played in the nhl you got your games and then returned to london and then last year was covid so you you were just 14 games in the yeah and 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 just traveling around canada only Mm. like not right not going to the states and stuff so what what city are you looking forward to most to traveling to? What do you think? Um, I don't know. I, I heard, uh, obviously, the places like Tampa, Florida, the, the weather, beaches, all that stuff. That would be uh, probably what I'm most looking forward to. Um, what about for the crowds? Where's the worst crowd? Oh. <laughs> There's got to be a bad crowd in the U.S. somewhere, I'm like, sure. Like, what do you, are New you talking? You mean, like... Booing you, yeah, or like, like just, on you, just awful crowds. Like New York for baseball has always always been tough. Boston for baseball. Well, the Islanders I know are are a bad spot. Edmonton's pretty ruthless Is themselves. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he's on their side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, so I don't really know. I heard the the fans in Montreal get pretty rowdy. I heard that's a pretty electric spot. Did you so. see that interview last night with Kucherov? The Kucherov? Oh my yeah. god, Jesus! Christ. That was funny. Well, anyway. well, speaking about that, like you just mentioned Kucherov, Evan's been on the ice with some high, high, high caliber players. Has there been a moment yet that you've been on the ice and you've looked up and been like, oh my God, that's <laughs> yeah. so-and-so? Um, I guess growing up, I was, uh, well, between Toronto and Pittsburgh, those were my two teams. So the, my very first year, like you mentioned before, I went back to junior. It was uh, kind of cool looking up, seeing Crosby on the ice. That was uh, a cool, cool situation then. How thick is he? <laughs> he? He's a thick boy. Like, what does that mean? His, I'm so old. His ass from oh, front to back, wow. from from the front of his hips to the back, he's probably two feet wide. Wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. Just keep squatting. <laughs> well, it's something like the Evan has to go in the corner and he has to, you know, battle with that. And that's hard when you have that low center of gravity. Oh, so yeah. um, that's why when, when you asked him earlier and, and Evan said, you know, we're working on our edges and stuff, he's out there with Darnell Nurse working on edges and because they're going in the corner and they're, they're battling those players. What's it like to have a guy like Darnell to kind of help you along out there? Uh, it's awesome. The, the work ethic he puts in is unbelievable. You know, I don't think I've seen uh, someone work that hard in a while. So it kind of pushes you to that next level. Um, you know, he's a big, strong guy. So it uh, really pushes you and, you know, it's just, just fun to be, be out there with him. I got a, Slight bone to pick, and I know you, you've heard this from me many times before, Evan, but because it, 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 well, it bothers me, not, not in a negative way, but it just, it just gets me a little bit because Evan grew up, he played for the Oakville Rangers, correct? And you've been coming to the pond since you were a kid, yeah. and 
I know that you live in Burlington. And you always get introduced, Evan Bouchard, from Oakville. Okay, I was just looking at his stats, and it says Oakville, Ontario, all yes. over yeah. the internet. So what's that about? That annoys me now. Now well, I'm annoyed. What the <laughs> hell? Well, it kind of it kind of goes back to I. So I played Burlington growing up. You yeah. Know, so I came here, and then uh, I'd say three years before my draft year, ended up going over. You know, living in uh, Oakville part time. So I guess that uh, is kind of where where it came from. And then getting drafted from Oakville, I always you know. Say whenever someone asks, oh, Burlington, Oakville area, and everyone always goes with the Oakville area. Mm. Um, I lived there last summer a bit, but right now I'm back in Burlington, so it's kind of a, a flip-flop, kind of depends who asks. I kind of give them different answers. <laughs> I don't know. It's <laughs> one or the other. Well, another little intricacy about Evan, and I don't know how much we can we can we want to go in down this road, but Evan, actually, you know how to speak French. Oh, hey. No. He I'm made out. a... He's out. He's done. Know. He's going to leave. You're going to make him don't, leave. Don't tell, don't, tell, don't tell anyone or else our RDS is going to be after him. Yeah, no, I can't, can't anymore. Used to. Haven't done it in a while. You haven't done it in a while? You're still a little rusty? Yeah, no, I try to try to stay away from, uh, you know, that, those type of questions. <laughs> what, uh, what do you do other than hockey? What, what makes Evan tick? Um, what else do I do? Xbox, big uh, Xbox guy. What do you play? My kids uh, play tons of stuff. Minecraft? No. <laughs> no. That's too young for you. Either uh, Call of Duty or uh, Fortnite, those two. Switch between the both. Depends who's who's online, who wants to play, kind of that kind of thing. Is there like a group of like guys that you played with that are, that? what do they call them? Create like a group of... Clan. Clan? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we, we never got that far, no. Oh. But um, you, know, you kind of just always get to play with the, the same people and right. kind of stuff like that. That's cool. Yeah, it's a good way to, to, to pass your time. I used to do it all the time, too, after coming home from practice. And mm. Maybe that justifies the hours my kids spend on it then. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Yeah, while well, you're hearing it, right? So, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, pretty much. What else did it do? Right well, now? it's funny because there's been this transition from, like, it's at, video games are crazy like that because when my kids were young, they played Minecraft, like really young. And then they stopped playing Minecraft, and they got into Fortnite for quite a long time. And now they're all, oh, and then it was Roblox for a while. I don't know that one. Uh, it's like an, yeah. it's like an, I think that's only PC, like on, on a computer. And then now it's back to Minecraft again. So it's like it shifts, and Minecraft has had this huge resurgence. Yeah. And it's yeah. all like based on like YouTubers. Like YouTubers oh, are yeah. driving the show with this stuff. You've got people, and then of course you've got professional athletes that are sitting around playing these, I don't sitting around, but they're playing these and posting YouTube videos and stuff. Well, I think even, even while when the NHL was shut down for COVID for the pandemic, Mm -hmm. they were doing like NHLers playing chill. Yeah, exactly. Were you ever a part of that? No, no, I wasn't a big uh, NHL guy playing on Xbox. I used to be. I used to play it a bunch, but now uh, not not so much. Yeah, well, because we, I remember you'd be able to tune into TSN and be watching, <laughs> and it's a like video game. <laughs> Travis Dermott playing <laughs> playing Chell. Well, who's the uh, the Leaf guy that has the Maple Leaf that has the? He's got an esports team. That uh, there's a Maple, Toronto Maple Leaf that runs an esports team. I'm telling no, you, you, got right me now. on that one. I don't know. I have no idea. <sighs> well, I'll have to figure this out. Yeah, I'm. Te- I can see his face clear as day. Forward. Um, oh, that helps. <laughs> he's a forward. I think he's number 11. Willie Nye. Oh, Hyman. Hyman. I think Hyman has an esports team. You know what? Now that you're saying that, that is sparking something in my mind. I think I heard about that. That was one of the investments that he did. 
Because esports is the biggest industry, is one of the biggest industries in the world right now. One of the fastest growing industries. Oh, yeah, they're massive right now. The amount of people that watch all that stuff do is you, crazy. Would you watch someone play a game? Oh, yeah. Yeah? I do it, yeah. Who, who, are, your, who are your go-tos? Who are you watching? Oh, I kind of... PewDiePie? <laughs> PewDiePie. What is this PewDiePie? I've yeah. heard that name before. It makes Wait, me laugh every time. He was, weird the, how you he know was the richest one. Yeah. Marner joined an ownership group of a major esports company. Oh, so it was Marner? Marner is one of them, but there's, I think, I'm pretty sure it's not just Marner. So there you go. Marner signed a six. Oh, that's a contract extension. We don't want to get into that stuff. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah, no, that's uh, esports is is becoming like another level of athletics. Yeah, right. I mean, and there's kids winning millions of dollars now. Oh yeah. So, well, along those lines, Evan, if you weren't a hockey player, what do you think you would be doing? Uh, I guess talking about this, I would love to do that. Just being able to sit there and play for hours, I'd love to, but I don't think I can get to be that good. That's- it's hard to get that. Well, it's like what you do for hockey. Yeah. It's the same thing, but for them. Yeah. And that's the thing my kids don't really understand. Like they ask me for gaming PCs and stuff like that. And I'm like, dude, if you're going to go down this road, like it is, you like, it's almost like you have to train for this stuff. Yeah. It's crazy. Right. And you have, and it's expensive. It's all, it's probably more expensive than hockey, to be honest, because I've seen some of the cost of some of the shit that my kid wants to buy. (laughs) And I'm like, what are you asking me to buy right now? Like, this is insane. Well, see, the one the one comment I would have to that is, is that a once in every three years expense? Because hockey is like every six months expense. Well, but the thing is, right, the computer itself is into the tens of thousands of dollars uh, yeah. just to get it yeah. to where it needs to be to run properly to, to do what they, because if there's any lag, oh, they God, freak God out. God forbid. <laughs> oh, God, forget. The lag <laughs> freaks them out. And I walk around the house like joking with my kids now, like, and you guys are going to laugh at me when I say this, and I'll be like, uh, hey, so you got any noties today? You I'm like, they're like laughing at me because I'm trying to use their slang. Nodies is notifications. I'm like, yeah, I can crank 90s and like, you know, like <laughs> crack. I can't remember some of the words. Like there's some of the stuff in it. And I'll just banter back and forth with them. My kids just howl. So I'm like a freaking 41-year-old dad yeah. just trying to fit in, you well, know? You know, you're, you're, you're trying to be cool. So we went to, so speaking of the, we just talked about the, um, the Algonquin trip. Mm-hmm. And what I did was I, on one of the portages, I said to them, listen, if you guys make, it was a 500 uh, meter portage. I said, if you guys make this whole portage without having to go back and get any other gear, I'll give you each a hundred bucks that you can do whatever the hell you want with. Like I normally, when they get like birthday money and they ask me for stuff, I'm like, well, are you sure you want to make that purchase? <laughs> right. Cause it's like yeah. something stupid. This one, it was like, I'll give you a hundred dollars. So you can buy whatever the hell you want. Like we stopped at Vaughn Mills on the way home yeah. to get it. And both of them bought video games. No. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> were you ever were you ever that father that would like, you know, incentivize their kid with like toonies for goals and stuff like that? No. I had I had a dad on my team growing no. up that did that with one of the kids. Evan, you ever have those you, you hear about those kids of all course. the time? Oh yeah. I'm pretty sure my uh well, no, my uncle every time I'd see him would uh, shake my hand, and give me a five dollar bill or whatever. It was. But, yeah. <laughs> That's the old like, yeah, like classic. drug dealers like thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, the classic. thing about Evan too is he's he's a point getter. That's that's like right. his thing, right? So he. Uh, so th- that's why I was just curious is because like he'd be making bank when he was in minor hockey, especially in the OHL. Uh, yeah. My grandpa was good for that too. Minor hockey. Yeah. Good for our old goal. I'll give you this. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. I never did that. I was always like, as long as you put your best effort in, I don't care how many goals you get. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, see with that Evan, he was just getting them. Yeah. That's so, see, so there's kind of just like a, a minor difference. There. He, he didn't need to be incentivized. Yeah. <laughs> well, my kids are still young yet. Maybe we can bring this around. 
Yeah. Well, hey, <laughs> definitely helps. Well, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because the, so one of the things that I heard, and maybe you could speak to this a little bit is one of the problems that happens to young athletes is they get a contract uh, for whatever. And even the league minimums are quite significant in comparison to what the average job would be out there. And they're, you know, within two years, they've got no money left or whatever, crazy stuff like that. We've heard stories of that over the last 10, 15 years. We heard of, you've heard of football players that were some of the biggest football players on the planet, basketball players that have nothing left, yeah. right? I actually heard that Hockey Canada put in a program to help kids, you know, learn about the economics of sport as much as the sport itself. Yeah. Is that something that, that you've kind of gone through or, or understood? Oh, yeah. yeah? Okay, Definitely. Cool. They, they have it nowadays where it's, it's kind of part of your, you know, your upbringing, your routine. You, you kind of learn about all that stuff, um, you know, how to save, what to do. You know, you're going to get so-so amount, you know, what, what you should do with it. And I think nowadays everyone's pretty good with getting a financial advisor and, having someone look after some of their stuff to make sure that that kind of stuff doesn't happen. Because like you said, it's a lot of money coming in. So you want to be able to enjoy your life, live off of it for, for the rest of your life. Well, it's wonderful to have a big contract and buy a nice house, but then you still have to pay taxes yeah. on the house and you have to pay for, you know, expenses exactly. and da, 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 and things go wrong. And it's like, shit, now all that money that I had is yeah. gone in this one purchase. Well, <laughs> you know? And correct me if I'm wrong, Evan, but I, I believe it's like when you're picking an agency and the agents that you're going to go with, that's part of, the package, right, is what uh, suite of amenities is this agency going to provide me with? And most agencies will have your financial advising and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. They, they all kind of have their own guys that they work with. But in the end, it's really up to you, yeah. um, whoever you feel comfortable with. Um, but uh, luckily for me, I was introduced to one and uh, I've been with them since the start. Well, that's it. Loyalty, right? Because you got to trust the people. Yeah. I'm sure we've heard stories of like people getting screwed by situations like this mm -hmm. right Definitely. so you know it's 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 a it's a it's a rocky road and a slippery slope when it comes to money it's unfortunate that there's shady people out there but as an individual if you keep your head above water and you you i'm not giving you advice here as an old man but yeah. <laughs> you know you understand what i'm saying and you've learned you know so i mean at the end of the day it's um it's good that we're teaching kids this because really school doesn't teach this well they took out cursive Oh, in in yeah. school and they, and they've put in programming and I heard now that they are teaching taxes in elementary school. They, they're starting to teach more stuff like that. But I will say this: I was just chatting with a young twenty something year old the other day, and we were talking about purchasing their first home. And I actually said to the lady, "I said, don't buy your first home to live in it. Honestly, don't go and rent, and yeah. you especially because you who knows where you're going to end up next year yeah, or the exactly. year after, right? Yeah. Go and rent because." The purchase you make first should be a rental property. Mm -hmm. Your first purchase should be a rental property because then what you can do is you can build up a couple of rental properties over, you know, leveraging each one upon each other. And then you could pay for your own rent that you're renting yeah. and you're living for free now, as well as the rent for those or the, the mortgages for those properties. And then you've, you, you know, you create a little empire for yourself and it's not as scary as people think, but here's the thing. They don't teach you that crap. Yeah. yeah. They teach you nothing. I mean, yeah, you can go and take specific courses relating to that stuff. You got to seek it out. But you got to seek it out. They don't actively try to come to you and say, here's what you need to know. Yeah, well, it was instilled on me. Money makes money, right? So if you have... But your dad was an entrepreneur, yeah, right? So. And, and it's the same with me. My dad and my parents were entrepreneurs. As realtors, you're kind of on your own, yeah, right? So you learn this stuff as you go. Yeah. But there's a lot of kids in, in you know, Evan's shoes that, that are getting into this situation that may be in too deep for their own good. Yeah. And who knows? But it's good that they're getting afforded it. And yeah, you know, it is great. 
But uh, we don't want to take up too much of Evan's time here, but I do want to get to one question because our audience for this podcast mm. isn't necessarily a hockey audience. Yeah. And so we have an NHL player in here with us. So the one thing I'd like Evan to, to explain to people is what's, uh, what's an NHL lifestyle like on a practice day and yeah. on a travel day? Because that's something on game day you can imagine. It's, it's, you know, wake up, do your stuff, and then go home, rest, and play your game mm-hmm. on a home game day. But, like... Travel, you're what private jet and on a practice day, you're into the rank. Like, yeah. what, what's your lifestyle like? Uh, on, on a practice day, it's kind of always similar. It depends if it's uh, you know, after a game, the practice will be a little later. Um, day before a game, you know, practices are always at the same time. I think I'd say they're usually, I don't know how, I'd say maybe, maybe a, I couldn't even remember the time of the practice, but anyways, same time in the morning, uh, you get in there, um, get your breakfast at the rink. Uh, work out either before practice, which most people do, um, get on the ice for an hour or so, get off. Uh, if you didn't do your workout, do it afterwards. A um, couple of recovery things, get some lunch from the rink, go home. Now um, you say you get your lunch from the rink. Yeah. Is there like a chef there or is it? Yeah, like, like he's not walking up to the hot dog stand to grab a hot dog. Yeah, I wish. No, <laughs> uh, no, they got, they got the chef there for the uh, Breakfast and lunch, which is always handy. That helps. Um, so you get that, and you're out of the rink, I'd say, by 1 o'clock or so. So it's kind of not uh, jam-packed once you, you get there. But uh, afterwards, you have uh, all your free time to do uh, whatever it is to do. But on a travel day, it is uh, most of the time you go in for practice in the morning. Um, kind of depending on what time the flight's at, you uh, bring your baggage to the rink uh and sometimes just leave right from the rink, take your car, leave it at the uh, at the airport you go to, and uh, head off from there. Well, private jet. Yeah. <laughs> how Pri- many how many jet. coaches do you have? So I know you've got team coaches. Yeah. And I know obviously because you're sitting in this room that you've got skating coaches. Yeah. You have training coaches. Oh yeah. You have obviously we've discussed financial coaches, things yeah. like that. People like financial managers. Any other parts of your life? Like, do you do you have like? Uh, I know, for example, I've hired a real estate coach. Mm-hmm. My coach has a. I'm gonna don't laugh when I say this, but an intimacy coach for her husband. Like, <laughs> how many coaches do you have? As a, I know, I know. Don't get. <laughs> Evan, Be, do you have an intimacy <laughs> coach? <laughs> no, I don't personally. No, no. <laughs> but uh, so, like, as a as a as a professional in this industry, because like this is your job. Uh-huh. How many other coaches are we talking here? Uh well, I know a lot of people have, uh, like you said, their their training coach. Uh, a lot of people have, uh, you know, therapists, um, physiotherapists. They got all kind of stuff. I guess nowadays you could kind of have a coach for anything you do. Um, for me, I kind of keep it basic. Um, like you said, the skating coaches, financial advisor, uh, training uh, agencies. That's you know, it for me. For me, I'm not a big. Uh, what do you do for diet? Is that done through your training? Uh, it's, it's kind of like the money thing. They kind of bring you through it, uh, right. as you grow. Uh, a couple of years ago, I really got, uh, into it through, uh, through the Oilers. They kind of set me up with a nutritionist and stuff like that. And now I kind of, uh, figured out what, what's good for me, what works for me and everyone's different in a way. But for me, I kind of realized what, what it is. And now I uh, kind of just do it on my own. It's funny how we used to go from and I say we, like I didn't play anywhere near the level that even you two played in baseball, but it was like Big Macs and fries 
as you traveled around to all these tournaments and things. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it becomes, oh shit, this is serious. Now we got to start thinking about what are we actually eating to fuel our body to be like in peak performance shape. Fuel your body for success. Yeah, that's crazy. So that's cool. All right. Well, listen, I don't want to waste too much of your time on our little podcast, even though we're pretty awesome too. That should be in our contract. (laughs) We'll work it in. We'll work it in. But thanks for coming in, man. This is, uh, you're going to be our weekly, uh, yeah, you hit, weekly right? guest. I'll make sure to tune in. <laughs> You're the one listener. <laughs> oh, great. The one guy. Yeah, he'll share it. <laughs> no, that's amazing. Thank you so much for coming. Appreciate your yeah, time. No and problem. Good luck next season, man. Thank you. I'll guys. see you on the COD battlefield, man. Perfect. Yeah, I'll <laughs> see you on the ice. <laughs> All right. See you later, guys. That was another episode of The Underground. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Also, follow Justin on Facebook and see what he's up to in the real estate world at Justin Lon Carrick. And check out what Ryan is doing on the ice at more.hockey.